on episode number 57 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to talk about a race that I just ran over the weekend. I had been training for a 5K and even though I hit a PR, I wasn't very happy with my results. Go figure, right? So we're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about my training and hopefully you guys can get some good nuggets in training and racing and hopefully it'll help you out. This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So we've got some exciting news. Over the past few weeks, we've been getting some questions. Hey, do you guys have shirts or something that says Real Life Runners? Because I want to show my Real Life Runner pride. And the answer is yes, yes, we do. Yes, we do. We now have shirts available for our Real Life Runners tribe out there. So if you want to show off your pride and your status as a Real Life Runner and as part of the Real Life Runners tribe, you can now check that out over on the website. Go to Real Life Runners podcast.com and there's going to be a banner up at the top that says click here to support the show if you click on that you will it'll take you to the page where you can see we got shirts we got tanks we got sleeveless shirts Mm -hmm. we got some comfy we have soft tanks soft tanks soft comfy tanks and then we also have running tanks that are made out of like the performance material oh we got all sorts of stuff out there support the podcast (laughs) prevent us from putting an ad in here for somebody else's company yeah nobody likes ads on the podcast get yourself an amazingly comfortable shirt yeah and you can also sign up to be a patron if you want to do that too so check it all out RealLifeRunnersPodcast.com. Click on the banner at the top that says click here to support the show. That seems like enough. Let's get to the episode. Okay, so I ran a 5K last weekend. and Fastest 5K that she's ever run in her life. By only four seconds. Okay, let's, let's go. Let's say that. So to me, four seconds is kind of the same time as the one that I ran back in December. Fair enough. Okay, so... I had been training for this 5K because I wanted to kind of see what I could do. I thought that I could break 24. I was very excited about it. I was very confident going in until the last week of training when I started to kind of question everything. The race that I had been shooting for got postponed because of uh, a thing down here in Florida called Red Tide where there's a buildup of algae that all release toxic chemicals into the air. And so they had to postpone the one that I was supposed to run along the beach. And so at the last minute, I had to find another 5K. I, I kind of had to debate. It was it was a weird feeling that I had because even though I had been building up to this race, I felt like a little relieved that the race got canceled because it's a lot of pressure. I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to get this PR that I was – striving for right I mean you'd been working for a long time to try and get the PR yeah and and not just not just run fastest but to break 24 because every time you can hit a new number on the clock that's always always confidence building exactly and so when the race got canceled part of me was a little relieved like okay good I don't have to do it and then I was also kind of bummed because I'm thinking to myself I I want to do it I want to get that number that I have in my head and so I decided to try to find another race that weekend and there was another local 5k I guess now that we're in October, we're starting to get some more of the 5Ks every weekend, right? Yeah, yeah three or four 5Ks in, within a 50-mile drive. Yeah. So I found another race and signed up for it, but I wasn't very excited about it, to be honest. I, I, I was, but I wasn't. I was very feeling very conflicted over this race for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, 
part of me even feels silly for saying it because it's only a 5k you know I mean I know that for some people listening maybe you've never done a 5k before and that seems like a big deal and then there's other people that are listening that do marathons and ultras so in their heads oh it's only a 5k you know so but it's it's a race that I was shooting for a goal regardless of the distance if you you put the right amount of effort into it it's going to be a painful experience well and that was the thing I think I was building this up in my head and just thinking okay and I was trying to psych myself up for it and saying okay it's just 23 minutes of pain that's all I need to do it's going to hurt like and I kept telling myself it was going to hurt and then the more I told myself that the more I was like I don't want to hurt that (laughs) I don't know if I want to do that yeah, so I mean, you finish the race, and you're always you're looking for a cause of what it is, and and as we started talking about this, we're like, hey, we should put a microphone on and just sort of go through and, and break the race down. I, I like what you pointed out there. Of you kind of kept trying to pump yourself up yeah. as you know, it's it's gonna hurt, and that means I'm doing it well because this is one of the things that we've been telling the kids in our cross country team. Mm-hmm. If you're doing it right, it's going to hurt for right. most of the 5K. Yeah, and the problem is when you say it too much, like like you just said. Um, Um, can I skip this one then? Right. Because that doesn't seem comfortable. Yeah. So we were having this conversation and we know that maybe, you know, we were hoping that hopefully you guys would get some benefit out of hearing this conversation between us analyzing the race between me, the athlete and you, the coach. And, and and where we're all deciding to put blame. I put all of it on myself. Well, it's definitely not just you. I, I it's, I'm the one that ran the race, so it's, Ultimately, it's my fault that I didn't run faster. But and, and as the coach, I think that it's my fault that I didn't prepare for you to run faster. All right, so, so let's let's just go over a little bit about the environment that we were in here, right? right? So things that we can blame outside of ourselves, which I don't usually like to put blame on other things that I don't really have control over because I am the kind of person that likes to blame myself basically and figure out what I could have done better in order to have a better result. Yeah. Which is generally a good thing to be able to take ownership of the performance and say, okay, this, this is on me. This is what went well. This is what didn't, what can I personally fix? But you know, there's always, there are some other outside factors. Okay. So let's talk about, so first of all, it was like 82 degrees with a lot of humidity. I think it was like the feels like was like 89, right? 88 or 89 degrees. It was pretty hot. Yeah. I mean the, the way that the course went, I like walked across a field and was sweating by the other side of it. So it was yeah. it was hot and sticky, but but the course was flat and fa- a fast flat course. It wasn't like I was running over hills or no, overpasses it, or anything. So. It, it was a paved road and a pancake, yeah. so that was helpful. Right, so that was a good thing. Um, but I started having some tummy issues the night before, and then it's definitely the morning of. I woke up and let's just say I had to go to the bathroom multiple times, and the last time was not not great. So I definitely had some tummy issues and digestive issues before the race. Which which you mentioned, and you can always point to that, but I think that the, the bigger cause of this, and I've, I've told this to you, is I don't think that the issues came from something you had for, like, dinner. Like, I don't think it was a direct thing from something that recently came up that you had eaten poorly. Mm-hmm. You know, you've practiced what to eat before races, what to eat before workouts. You've practiced all this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
but like you said, you sort of had We had this... some pretty fishy fish the night before, though. We did have some fishy fish the night before, but... Um, I, but I think you're right. I think it was my nerves. I think it was nerves. Yeah. And I mean, it's the the mind frame you had going over that, that whole week leading up. And then, then the flip of, oh, there's not a race, but wait, now there is a race. Mm-hmm. And there's some, there's some question going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of messed with me mentally. And I think I was also trying to like we've talked about so many times on this podcast you have to find your why you know why why was this goal important to me why did I want to break 24 what did this all mean who was my motivation like thinking about all these things and I think so many times we can totally overthink things and I know that I am very guilty of overthinking things yes yes that happens regularly yeah I mean if you look back at my race my um, Napa race when I ran the half marathon from Napa to Sonoma this summer I put no pressure on myself I literally stood on the starting line and said I'm not gonna PR today we're just gonna have fun and we're just gonna enjoy the race and, and maybe we'll get wine partway through right. I mean it was it was yeah. so super fun experience so super fun and I was within like two minutes of a PR right and could have totally pushed myself to a PR if I had wanted to and didn't get stopped by the train yeah there was that yeah I got stopped by the traffic but it, I totally could have run a PR in that race and I think that a lot of that was that I just, there was no pressure on me. Well, I mean, that's the, the, your last PR, you had prepped yourself for a race. It didn't go super well, like last November. And then you ran a race a month. the 5k. Yeah. The 5k. You ran, you ran a 5k last November Mm -hmm. and then we're like, "Ah, I guess I'll do the Christmas 5k and hopped into it. And it was just like, I guess I'll just do it. And that was your, that that was was your PR. Right. Yeah. Same thing happened. That's so, yeah, that's a very good point. i prepped for the turkey trot thinking I wanted to break my time from Memorial Day and did not do it. I ended up with a side stitch and cramping, same thing. So it's got to be nerve-related, So it's a nerve-related thing. I mean, when you start getting nervous, your stomach literally starts releasing more juices Mm -hmm. and it leads to, it leads to upset stomach Yeah. or it could lead to a side stitch. It leads to you not feeling great in, in your abdomen during the race. And it's hard to push through that kind of stuff. Yeah. So let's maybe talk about how I felt. So we, we kind of talked about how I felt going up to it, okay. right? I felt like that I definitely had pressure. I definitely was feeling less motivation than I had had throughout the training cycle. I think that I started to question what I was capable of and why I was doing it. So all these things, basically in the the couple of days leading up to the race. Before that, I was very confident that I could do this, that I could achieve the goal. Yeah. Yeah, because I knew, I know I'm in better shape now than I was in December when I ran my last PR. Yeah, and by much more than four seconds. Right, exactly. So I was very confident until the last week for some reason. So, I mean, the, the same thing happens to the kids on our team. We threw a workout on them on Monday. Mm-hmm. We almost never do a workout on Monday. But with the the storm down here, it was like, let's do it on Monday because I'm not sure if Tuesday's even going to have decent weather. And they're like, wait, there's a workout today? I, I ate too much for lunch. I, I'm not ready for this thing. And we're just like, all right, well, w- let's see how it goes. None of them were mentally prepared to hit a workout. Mm-hmm. They show up on Tuesdays knowing, okay, we got we to gotta bring it because it's a workout today. Mm-hmm. And most of them ran a great workout yeah, on Monday. a lot Monday of them had a great workout. Because they didn't know it was coming. They were mm-hmm. thrown into it and they didn't, they didn't have time to get nervous and, and worried about it. Go, yeah. go run. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the race. Yes. How'd the race itself actually go? How did you feel once they fired a gun? 
Okay, so I was feeling ready, and I was basically planning to go out in around 7.20 to 7.30 was my thinking. I really wanted to do, like, 7.30 was what I had in my head. Um, But after I talked to you the night before, and you said, well, maybe you should go out a little bit faster than 7.30, and I thought, really? Faster than 7.30? Like, on the first mile? Then how am I supposed to hang on for the second two? So I think I kind of, in my head, hit, had 7.30 in my head. And, and, that's, and I felt good. I hit 7.30 on the nose for my first mile. And I felt I was feeling good during that first mile. I was ready. Yeah, I mean, 7.30 on the nose, and then if you can perfectly hang on to 7.30 all the way through, that gets you, what, 21.30 plus the 10th, that gets you Mm 23.15. Yeah, 23.15. So that gives you... That was really good math that you just did, like, uh, super quick. And it'll give you, like, 45 seconds to still be able to break your time. So you figured 7.30 was giving you enough buffer. Right. And I was also figuring... Exactly, because if I ran... 7.30 7.30 and then I was tired, I could slow it down to 7.40 and 7.50 and I would still be under 24 if I, even if I slowed down to that pace. Right. Like you were really banking on being able to slow down off of that pace. Mm-hmm. Whereas I thought that you could take it out faster and slow down, like take it out more in like 7.15 and slow down to like 7.45. Mm-hmm. You'd still hit your two mile in a similar time mm-hmm. and then, and then, you know, give it whatever you had left on the third mile and and see where you came in. Yeah, you never fully explained that to me. I know. I, you also had in your mind that the goal was to break 24. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't sure. This was like a coaching question I had going. Like, should I tell her how fast I think she can actually run it? Or should she really just be trying to hit her 24 minutes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, how fast did you think I could actually run it? Like 23.30. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I probably could. I, I, I don't doubt that. But at 2330, you can't take it out in 730 because then you only have that 15 second buffer for the whole rest of the race. Oh, okay. And that's not very much. No. So then basically I had found this this woman to run with. Like she was running right in front of me and she seemed like she was a, a good runner. She had a she had a great body. She was running. Like, it felt like I, I looked at her and I just felt like this, this lady knows what she's doing. <laughs> How many people in the audience have, have done that same thing? Right. Oh, I, I can definitely pass that person. Yeah. If I could just stay up with that person, yeah. then I should be doing fine. Right. Right. And so I thought, okay, if I just tuck behind her and just keep up with her, then I'll be good to go. And so then the water stop came like just after a mile. It was probably like around a mile and a quarter or so. This, and, this part drives me nuts. Okay. So th- that I did this? Yes. Okay. So I my mouth was feeling dry. So I was going to take a little bit of water just to put into my mouth and spit it out because I wasn't going to drink it because I know what that's, that's led to cramping before with me. So I knew that I wasn't going to do that, but I just wanted to wet my mouth because you told me that that's basically doing the same thing mentally. Yes. By just putting that water in your mouth, you kind of just get that refreshing thing. And I think it was a UK study that they they were getting the same work out of drinking water or swish and spit. Yeah. And so that, that was my plan. But then I went to grab it and the girl that was handing it to me dropped the cup. So the cup was gone and there was no more water and it kind of threw me off my gate and I kind of stutter stepped and I had to kind of pick up and then I looked up and the girl was the other girl was gone. Yes. And more importantly than than the girl you were chasing right. was gone. So then I was like, okay, crap. Now what? So kept going and then I just started 
feeling more tired, basically. And then my stomach started cramping. And it wasn't like a side stitch per se. Like it wasn't localized to one spot. It was kind of the whole stomach. And then I started hearing my stomach sloshing. Like I could hear gurgling and sloshing and then just cramping. And I was trying to push. And I just kept mentally saying to myself, just push through. It's only pain. It's not a big deal. Just keep running. You need to start pushing faster. And I would like look down at my watch and I would see that my pace was slowing down to like eight minute pace and then 805 and then 810. And I was like, oh God. And then I'm like trying to, trying to pick it up, but I hadn't reached the the two mile mark yet. Yep. So I was trying to pick it up, but also trying to conserve like, and I was kind of like, maybe I should just stay right here because this is still feeling pretty hard and my stomach's not cooperating with me. And so then, and then I started mentally playing tricks on myself, I think. Yeah, I was like, I started questioning my why. I started questioning like, oh, I'm doing this because I want to be strong and I want to prove to my girls that mommy is strong. And then I thought and to myself. And then you had this one. But my girls don't care what my time is. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter to them if I run 24 minutes, if I run 25, if I run 32. Like, it doesn't matter to them. Like, and Riley, she kind of gets it because I know, like, when I PR'd at the last race, she was so excited. She's like, you did it, you did it. And she was so excited for me. I mean, she's grasped what a PR is. But they, it, I, they but, wouldn't but she's be still, disappointed. No, they would not be disappointed. She's still going to love you as her mom, right. regardless of what the clock says when you cross the line. Right, even the little one. Maddie, like, when we just walked in here to record right now, I said, I just want to feel like I'm fast. And she said, you are fast, Mommy. And in their brain, in their view, I am. Yep. And my time on that clock for that race couldn't matter less to them. And at about, with a mile and a half to go, thinking, huh, they're not too concerned what my clock is. So is, why am I? It's a really hard time to still be pushing right. as your stomach is sloshing and you lost contact to that person where if you just track that girl, you should be fine. Yeah. I'm curious how fast that girl ended up finishing. I am too. I I don't I don't know who she was or but, anything. But you lost track of her because you yeah. went for water. Yeah. Which is But I did see my friend, my friend that ran the race with me, she was yes. up ahead. So I did have a visual on her, but then I, I lost then we turned a corner and I lost visual on her too. So then I just kind of like just had to try to find something to dig deep and then I'm thinking about our episode of when to dig deep and I'm like why am I why am I digging deep right now what is that doing for me should I be pushing through this stomach pain like you know it, and then I just started questioning all of that which when, when did you lose her with like that half mile to go when you had to make the turn to the left yeah yeah because she was up ahead so I was gonna say because you two were pretty close when you passed me and then I had the to second like time? the second time mm-hmm. and I had to like book it across the field to catch you at the finish line mm-hmm. yeah so I don't think so. I I don't know, Coach. How tell me mentally? You know, during the race. I mean, that's obviously not a good thing to do to start questioning all of the things that were supposed to help me to dig deeper. No, no, it's questioning a lot of things in the middle of the race usually sends you down a, a bad spiraling path. Like you have to have accepted before the race the confidence of what you're doing, that it's it's going to hurt and you need an answer to the why before you start. Because if you're not sure of the answer, it shoots you this direction mm-hmm. in the middle of the race. Yeah. Like, yeah, you you ran a good time, but you could have run faster. I know I could. You have. ran a remarkably good time considering 
and how much you were questioning it throughout most of the race of why am I even running this hard? It was still a really good time given that mind frame. Yeah, I mean, and the stomach frame. And the stomach frame. I mean, I mean that's that to me was a big one. And the the thing that bothers me is that I know that it was. I mean, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I'm pretty sure that, like you said, it was my nerves that caused my stomach upset. So it was because I couldn't mentally get my nerves in check right that and caused the physical symptoms in my stomach that then made it very difficult to run through yeah so then the question is really what do you do to help get rid of some of that mental questioning yeah you know i think that the pre-race nerves though i think were a big thing for me yes right yeah they were huge yeah so it's maybe it's not as much during the race i mean i think i do need some strategies during the race to use i don't think you would have needed as much strategies during the race if you didn't if have I had the, my pre-race the pre-race yeah right exactly because I would have felt better during the race, and then I would have that would have given me a boost in confidence, probably, like, right? It still would have hurt, but like yeah. the stomach issues are one of the hardest things that you can possibly overcome. Yeah, like when you got a side stitch, when you're just your stomach's just not feeling great. Like, how are you supposed to overcome that? Mm-hmm. It, you can watch like the professionals on TV. You know, we were talking about this. I said there was the guy with like four miles to go in the Chicago Marathon. There's a world class like elite oh, yeah. marathoner, and you can see him suddenly he pinches his left side and the announcers are like oh it looks like he's got a side stitch and Mm -hmm. they start talking about you can see the the professionals will pinch their side to try and get rid of that and we're trying to explain what a side stitch is and by the time he finished his explanation that guy was already spit out the back of the group yeah like he's he's done and this case makes a career off of being able to race fast right and I mean, okay, I'm going to go this, do you think, I don't know if this is TMI and we might have to cut this portion out. Let's see. So, but I mean, we're all runners. We understand digestive issues when running yes. and stuff, right? So obviously my stomach was upset and sometimes when you run, you pass gas, right? True. Okay. But part of me was like very nervous that if I needed to do that, that it wouldn't just be gas. <laughs> you were going to do more than pass gas. <laughs> Coming out. And that that was scary. Like, that's, so I, that's terrifying. So then I had to like, felt like I had to hold everything in. Because like normally, like if you're out on a run and you pass gas, like, you know. Whatever. But if you're holding it in, that's only making things worse. Right. So thank God this is called real life runners. Real right? life runners. But I think that everybody listening can... Relate, right? Oh, people have been off on a run and try and hold that thing in. It, it that's not going well. It does not feel good. <laughs> like the ability to then continue running and not just take a walking break is well, impressive that, at that point. I feel like that made it harder to move my legs the correctly also. Like I felt like I started to shuffle and kind of drag my legs more. Yeah. Then because you're... I was trying to control what was going on in my exactly stomach. you're not getting full range of motion i mean yeah. when you passed me that was probably like i don't know three quarters of a mile ago no your form was not looking real good no. and then you know final straightaway usually you have a good kick and like you don't have a super long stride it's just even at your at, at a full sprint you don't have a very long stride mm-hmm. but you have like quick efficient looking form and that final very good cadence yes but that final straightaway like you you never opened up the stride it just stayed where it was and i questioned whether or not i like i was trying to because i wanted to push it in but i just it's like i couldn't yeah yeah i mean at that point a final kick what was that going to do it was going to change you from pring by four seconds to pring by six so or eight yes that would have been better than four (laughs) But anyway, all right. So 
when we get to this point where the race didn't go well, and first of all, I, I want to point out that you are a great running coach, and I am learning more and more every day about coaching. And my whole thing and my expertise is more in the psychology of it all. But even even though I know what should be done and I've helped countless people figure out their own psychology and how to break through these barriers, sometimes it's not always easy to put into practice. No. Right? I mean, this is still real life. And sometimes, even though you know exactly what you should do, sometimes it's not always easy to put it into practice. No. And I mean, I, I go back to the professional level on this one. Like there are pro athletes who have an entire team of coaches and physical therapists and massage therapists and psychologists helping them do things. And sometimes they still go out there in a random race and just lay an egg. Yeah. Like it, it happens. You and, bomb. And for these people, literally thousands of dollars are on the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's a pretty good why. That's a pretty good why. <laughs> Like the difference between finishing third and fourth in the race could be five figures of income. Wow. That's that's a good why. That's a good why. And and it still doesn't go well because they're they start questioning in the middle of the race. You yeah. know, and it, it happens. Mm-hmm. So Okay, so let's talk about some of the things that we can do to fix this for next time. Number one, I think, is I have to fix my pre race nerves. Right. And I think that there's a variety of ways to go at this. Um, you know, the, the pre-race nerves and being able to go out faster than you are ever used to going out, Mm -hmm. you know, we've got kids in the team that have been talking to me about this one also. Like there's a a kid on our team right now that I'm telling him he needs to hit his opening two miles faster than he's raced the two mile last track season Mm -hmm. by 30 seconds. Right. Like, it's not just, you have to, you have to run your two mile PR and then hold on for another mile. Like, no, you have to run faster by 30 seconds than you've ever run a two mile and then continue going, Mm -hmm. telling you to take it out in like 7.15. Right. My fastest mile that I've ever clocked was a 7.12. Right. Which was when? I have no idea. A long time ago. Like, I know I'm faster than that. Like, I'm, I know, like, I'm confident that I could go out and run a mile under seven minutes right now. Right. Which, which we should do because I think that would kind of flip your, your mindset. I mean, you're not, you're not crushed by this. Like you're next week. Yeah. Well, we got to wait till the storm blows past us. Um, that, that's one of the reasons I didn't think we should do it this week. Mm Um, but you know, you're not you're not destroyed by this, but you're you're certainly upset. I think it, having something like a successful mile, mm-hmm. however fast it is, if it starts with a six, I think you'll be a pretty happy person. I will. So, and mm-hmm. and I think you can definitely make it start with a six. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, so I think some of the pre race nerves that I had were related to the amount of pain that I was expecting. Yep. And. Number two, I think it was the the training plan. Okay, so I want to talk about the training plan a little bit. I think that I would benefit. So we did a lot of speed work this this time around, and I think that that speed work was definitely good. It definitely helped build strength in my legs. I my legs feel very strong. I we did a lot of you know quarter mile repeats. We did some two hundred repeats. We did hill sprints. We did a lot of those faster, shorter strength building uh, workouts. Yes. I think that all of those things were very good. But as I look forward, I feel like maybe I need to do some longer intervals to force myself to sustain the pain for longer periods of time. Because those quarters 
are, were painful. And those half mile repeats done at those, some of the paces that you gave me were very painful. Right. And when I started to get to like, for the, for example, the half mile, even my friend and I would talk about it after the, after the workout, once we got to that like 0.4 mile mark, that last tenth of a mile was really hard, like but it mentally was, hanging on to that tenth of a mile. But it was only a tenth of a mile, right? And the and the total interval was only a half a mile. Yes, right. And we did a lot of them, but it was still that I only had to wrap my mind around three minutes and thirty seconds. Yes, at a time, and knowing that I had to wrap my head around the sustained level of pain for twenty plus minutes, you know, over twenty minutes. That's, I think, I would benefit maybe from more, from longer intervals that force me to do that as much as I don't really look forward to that kind of training because yeah, I hate longer intervals. And you're not a fan of longer intervals. It, yeah. it, it, it would definitely, it would benefit, you know, part of the reason why your, your workouts went a little quicker is a lot of what you were doing over the summer was building this fantastic aerobic base yeah. and working on, um, between you know, the two half marathons that I did. Right. Because yeah. since your last 5k PR, you've, you've hit two half marathons, like on the weekend, you know, before we head to bed or, on like a Friday or Saturday night, it's like, how far are you going to run? You can casually be like, I don't know, I'll do like eight to 10. Yeah. Like you weren't there before. No, definitely not. Eight to 10 was like a ramp up in my training, but now I can just go out and run eight on the weekends. And because you've got all that, all that cardio behind you, I felt that it was really important to focus on the speed. Yeah. You know, and we've talked about this, that coaching needs a lot of back and forth between athlete and coach mm-hmm. and, I'm looking at at what you've done, what you've put in over the the months leading up to this race, and I thought that the two or so months heading right into the race really needed to accentuate upping the speed. Yeah, the the higher higher intensity speed. Right. Yeah. But it it turns out that I, I may have gone a little too far in that direction. The pendulum swung a bit too far. You needed a couple of workouts thrown in there with some longer intervals, maybe not a ton, maybe one or two mm-hmm. where you were able to be like, okay, that's one where I can, I can hang on to that pace mm-hmm. for a while. Or would the same thing work too? If I did the, the same kind of workouts, but with shorter rest breaks in between. No, it depends on the kind of workout. Mm-hmm. You know, you did quarter repeats twice during this, like this training cycle yeah. and they were very different quarter mile repeats. Very, yes. One of them was faster with longer break and mm-hmm. one of them was shorter, slower with a much shorter break, mm-hmm. you know, so right. they, they give you very different workouts. It, there's, there's a whole idea of changing the volume of the workout also. A lot of your workouts were two to three miles worth of volume. Right. If you just up that and make it three to four miles worth of volume, mm-hmm. that could have some substantial benefits for you. Yeah, that's just it just becomes tough when you're trying to get the workout in at 5.30 in the morning to get the kids home or to get home to get the kids ready for school, and we have a time crunch. That's, yeah. that's part of the issue is – was this as good as you possibly could have gotten given given the, the circumstances around us? Mm-hmm. Given when you work out and, and the time frame that you've got to work it out in, you know, you can't give up on sleep. You can't start your workout at four so yeah. that you can make sure you get enough volume in. Yeah, exactly. And that's why all of these real life situations really matter and we need to take all those things into consideration when developing the training plan. 
Right. I mean, I, I looked at, at what you had done over the summer. I looked at the time constraint we had, and, and I made a call that I thought that the best thing for you was really to accentuate the speed. Yeah. Looking at what happened in the race, I'm still not sure that was the wrong choice. No. I mean, if you if you look at what really held you back, it was a lot of like nerves and mm-hmm. stomach issues. I think you're capable of running a good 45, 60 seconds faster than you did in that race. Mm-hmm. So physically you did make the adaptations. Mm-hmm. No, I think I did for sure. And I, I definitely see the benefits in the training that we did. There was def- my legs are definitely stronger. Now I am not as scared by that. Those numbers, like the speed numbers mentally, you know, like I mean, we did a lot of that during this block we did of, a lot. wait, you're sure I'm going to hit that pace. Yeah, You want <laughs> me to do what pace? You know, like I don't, th- I can't do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. There was a lot of that. So like those mental hurdles, you know, I, I think I definitely overcame a lot of those mental hurdles during this training block. I, I do think that I would probably benefit from some of the longer intervals, you know, in the next coming weeks and months, especially now, if, you know, once we're getting into half marathon training, that's a, that's a different thing, obviously. Well, yeah, but first we got to knock out a mile PR first. Yeah. yeah. So, but it kind of illustrates a good point here is this sort of two block window. Well, it's a nice kind of snippet of coaching. It's part of a much longer relationship between coach and athlete. Mm-hmm. Like in order to really develop somebody, you kind of work on different things at different times. And it's possible that this race didn't fully express it. If you had another opportunity, you could really show what you've been developing over this. Yeah. You know that you're physically stronger at this point in time. You just didn't, happen to be able to express it on that day. I didn't have a good race. You didn't have a good race. Right. You know, if you if you were to line up a couple of weeks from now, we just kind of keep some maintenance stuff over this, you could probably knock out a completely different time. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's part of this this long process over the last few years of really transforming the way that you look at running, the mm-hmm. way that you are a runner. Right. You know, well, because I haven't done a lot of racing. No, you are a relatively racing newbie. Yeah, I would say that I'm relatively new to racing. I've I've upped it a lot in the last year. I would, you know, in the last year, this has definitely been the most races I've ever run in a in a given time. And you've you've had a whole different variety of races. You've mm-hmm. got you know, a half. You had a 10k in there. Yeah, 5Ks. I did my first 10k last year. So you've or, got I mean, all, this year, January. Yeah. So you've got all sorts of different stuff in there. Right. So you're gaining some more racing experience and literally just gaining the experience of being out there in a race environment mm-hmm. is helping take some of the nerves away. Mm-hmm. It's just that you hadn't raced in a while. There were a lot of eggs in this particular race because there was nothing else really on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Although now you've got the, the one that was supposed to happen. that's getting rescheduled to whenever that's happening. Right. Right. But yeah, I think that it also demonstrates just the art of coaching. Like it's not like there's obviously a science behind coaching and there's obviously the numbers and all of that, but it also demonstrates that art like you analyzed what you thought would benefit me the most at this time you said okay Angie's got a better endurance base than she ever has before so now let's really try to work on the speed for this time and like you said I I really do think that that was probably the right call I mean could I have benefited from a couple different workouts thrown in the mix maybe but I mean, that and goes back to, you know, there's not one magic workout, you know, there's it's not, not like... but there, there's some like some sort of telling workouts, um, some, some workouts that I like to use as almost good predictor workouts. Mm-hmm. And we could have thrown those in, had some like some checkpoints along the way. Yeah. So, and, and almost build it up like, Hey, he, this workout is a checkpoint workout so mm-hmm. that 
it it accentuates the, the, the like the importance of that one and yeah. almost tries to put nerves onto that workout. Oh, that's a good so idea. So then you're like, oh wait, this one's gonna check and see where I am. So if you if you fall on that workout, I got the workout before it, I got the workout after it. Really, they're all checkpoint workouts. Mm-hmm. But by by building that one up, mm-hmm. it's like no, no no, we're gonna pay attention right here. And mm-hmm. you could you could design it more like a. I mean, it doesn't have to be go out and run a 5K, mm-hmm. but something that sort of simulates... Design, designing it as a run test. As a run test. Yeah. You know. Like, we're going to... This is going to be the one the one that is testing. That, in a way, that yeah, I think that's a good, very good point, that, that that can simulate the the pressure and the nerves of the race. And you can check and see yeah. in that, did people fall because of legs? Was it lungs? Was it nerves? There's a few different things that you can check. Mm-hmm. You know, I've I've got a few different ones of those that, that I keep in my pocket for heading towards the end of the cross-country season. And I don't have them on the schedule right now. And having these conversations make me think, maybe we should break some of these guys out and, mm-hmm. and maybe put in the the checkpoint slash confidence builder workout Mm -hmm. here as as we get towards championship part of the season yeah it's funny because now that you say that i i would say rarely to never have stomach issues on my training runs that's because you're never worried like what What's like the worst even on thing my that, speed work or anything? I know, but what's the worst thing that goes wrong if you if you miss times on a training day? I'll be disappointed in myself <laughs> for for like a little bit, mm-hmm. and you know you'll post on Instagram this wasn't my day. Sometimes it happens to everybody, right. and then we all move on. Mm-hmm. But in a in a race, you know, you cross the finish line. They put a they put a ribbon around your neck, and you're like, I and I get. told lots of people that that was my goal. Yeah. So I built it up. There was a build up to it. Because I think that part of me thought, well, maybe if I tell people, then that will put more pressure on me to perform. It turns out you put too much pressure to perform. Mm -hmm. That it messed me up. I mean, it's, you know, that's an art form also. There's a pendulum to all of this of Mm -hmm. how much do you emphasize the the speed versus the endurance? How much pressure do you want? You want enough that it's important, but not so much that it's overwhelming. It's it's a delicate balance in, in all areas. Yeah. You know, like life. Like life. <laughs> real a, life. It's a balance of trying to coordinate all sorts of things. How many balls can you keep juggling in the air simultaneously? Right. Exactly. So one other thing that I do want to mention also when I was thinking about the last 10 weeks or couple months of training here that we've done for this 5K, one thing that I also realized when thinking about it is that I have really been slacking off on my cross training and my strength training work. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just saying. <laughs> but, like, I think but that you actually enjoy that part. And I do. I do enjoy that part. But I just feel like, like you said before, the, the start of this school year, I think, just kind of threw us off. And I've just been feeling very tired because we've had, we have so much on our schedule right now. And... On the days, like I, on my run workout days, I know that I'm working really hard and my body's going through these changes and I know that my body needs rest days as well. So I think I've maybe been a little too easy on myself instead of doing my strength workout the next day like I normally do. I'd be like, oh, my body needs a, a rest day today, you know? And, and I think sometimes it did. Sometimes I definitely did. Sometimes you definitely did. Right. But I mean, we should really go back and look 
you know, week by week and be like, okay, how many run days did you have? How many days were actually hard days? How many days were recovery days Mm -hmm. where you were physically doing something versus recovery days that was an actual full rest day? Mm -hmm. And go back and look and be like, okay, well, maybe you didn't really ramp the training up during this this training block. Maybe you actually pulled back relative to, say, like, August yeah, that's b- before true. the kids went to school. Yeah, when you look at all of my strength training plus my running days, I think maybe, yeah, maybe I did actually pull back. And it's funny because you're the one, you give me my running workouts, but then I'm responsible for my own strength workouts. Yes. Yeah, so I think I was giving myself a little too much of a pass on some days. I mean, because I was, I was really up in it in terms yeah. of running workouts. And so you were like, okay, well, as long as I get enough strength in and mm-hmm. it, it changed the way that your body was adapting to the strength workouts. It did. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that would be a good thing to look at going forward into the next cycle is just me getting back onto those, those strength days and making sure that those are also a priority. But I mean, we really had covered this at the beginning. I said that I was going to ramp up the the speed mm-hmm. and that you might need to dial back on the strength. Mm-hmm. Turns out that experiment went too far one direction. Well, I mean, but did it, like like you said, I mean, I still ran a PR. You ran a PR. And in hot, humid weather with a bad stomach. I, I know. It, like, you know, it really so... was good results. It just <laughs> didn't quite show it enough on the clock. Yeah, like the clock did not show what I know I'm capable of. Right. And that, that, that's the frustrating part. And that nerves, those nerves are what upset my stomach, which then caused me to do that. So in my head, that, that was a mental weakness. That was a thing on, that I could have controlled. So it's, it's designing the kind of workouts that try and simulate the nerves earlier on and kind mm-hmm. of maybe may the checkpoints in the next training cycle, especially looking well forward to half marathon in January, mm-hmm. maybe put some checkpoints along the way of, mm-hmm. all right, you really got to hit this workout to see where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you are still learning the best ways to coach me and I'm still learning the best ways to be coached. Yeah, I mean... Like, it's this relationship, you know, and it's also, you know, we have a husband and wife relationship. We got a lot of different relationships here. (laughs) You know, we're mom and dad, we're spouses and coach and athlete. There's a lot of different relationships that we have, and... I think that we're navigating them pretty well. And now we're business partners. I mean, that's, I mean, it's, there's a whole lot going on. It's, it's not, (laughs) it's not a simple one line between the two of us here. (laughs) No, thank goodness we make a good team (laughs) and that we have open communication that we can do this. Yes. Yes. You taught me how to communicate before we started this whole thing. Before we started what whole thing? Us? (laughs) Yeah, us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So let's wrap this thing up. Okay. What's the big takeaway from that race? Like, what is the the big lesson or two that you're really learning here? So my biggest thing is I think I need to do better at getting my pre-race nerves in check so that it doesn't mess up my tummy. So as a coach, I'm I'm looking at that and that's a lot of mental. That's a lot more on the area where where you lean towards. Mm-hmm. But there's there's physical things you can do. You know, you've mentioned the the longer intervals. There's some workouts that give you that that sort of mental confidence that that workout that you can lean on and say Mm -hmm. well I did that Mm -hmm. and so adding some more of those into the plan you think would be helpful yeah without without overdoing it because those workouts are they're draining yeah well and also just realizing that I'm new to this whole thing and 
a lot of the racing parts take time. Like you learn through doing it. Yeah. I mean, one of the best ways to prepare for a race is to race. To race, right? (laughs) And then I think that another good lesson is that no matter how well you prepare for a race, even though we, we, I did point out slacking, you know, ways that I did slack off in the training or ways that the training maybe wasn't ideal. Yeah. This time around. You're highly critical. I am highly critical of myself, but I think that realizing that the training can be on point. I mean, every workout that you gave me over this cycle, I pretty much hit all the times that you wanted me to hit. Right. I don't know if there was ever one speed workout that I did not hit the times. I usually hit them or did better than the times that you gave me. Exactly. Right. So I was very confident. I thought I was going to go in and just wreck this thing. And turns out, even if you prepare really, really well for a race, some things you can't necessarily control on race day sometimes it just it doesn't give you the results you want you have an off day yeah you know it doesn't mean that the training was bad it just means that that race didn't go well right so then as a as a coach and athlete you have to have a conversation figure out what do you do moving forward do you need to make large adaptations or do you really just need to stay the course and figure out you know find another race where you get another chance to express yourself yeah so hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation between coach and athlete. So where do we stand on this coach? Where do we move going forward? Well, you have a couple more chances through the next few, several weeks, couple Mm -hmm. months here where you might be able to find a 5k or two and see Mm -hmm. if you can get a better expression. So add a couple more races, add a couple more races. So you get the experience of the racing. You can help calm the nerves, Mm -hmm. maybe hit some, uh, some, some workouts along the way that count as some workouts. yeah checkpoint workouts mm-hmm. and and really just gain the experience to try and calm the nerves mm-hmm. but and maybe add in some of the longer intervals maybe add a couple of those in and but i think really i mean the longer intervals you, you twist them into a checkpoint workout i yeah. think I think I think you're right though. I think it's just trying to get those nerves in check and a lot of that is going to come with experience and more mental training. Maybe just getting better about finding a new why or something that I that thing that I need to go to when I do need to dig a little deeper. There's a different why that you need to find between the the grind it out half marathon and just crush it 5k. Yeah. It's but, a different it's a different pain. Yeah, but trying to control your your uh, intestines <laughs> sometimes digging deeper is not what you want to do no no digging deep at that point's not not always ideal right okay so that wraps it up for today thank you guys as always for joining us check out our new shirts over at realliferunnerspodcast.com and we will catch you guys next week So we talk a lot about integrating running and health into your daily life, how it all fits in, how you can cultivate better habits, and all of that good stuff. We hope that the information that we provide weekly has really had a positive impact on your health and running journey. If you're looking for a little more, we are so happy to introduce our new membership program, the Real Life Runners Tribe. This program is designed as a go-to resource for all of your health and running needs. Every month, we design a new running plan, which includes four running workouts per week, two strength training routines, and running drills to improve your mobility. The running workouts are all effort-based, so they can be customized to runners of every level. From brand new runners to long-term veterans, this plan can work for you. The strength workouts are designed for full body training with a focus on the stabilizing muscles that we runners really need to train the most to keep us running strong and injury-free. 
We want you to break that endless cycle of injury that many runners experience by keeping your muscles strong and mobile so that you can perform at your best. Do you maybe have questions about healthy eating and the best food to fuel your active lifestyle and also feed your family? The membership also includes healthy recipes that we have curated from around the web and various cookbooks that we use in our house every week. We have tried and liked each recipe, so you don't have to keep searching various websites for new things to make. There is also a section to teach you how to batch prep your foods for the week to make eating on a tight schedule much easier. If you have healthy components ready and on hand, you're going to grab those instead of that bag of chips or other quick junk food that you might be tempted to eat. Batch prepping is something that has totally helped our family to stay on track with healthy eating and eating food that just nourishes our bodies to allow us to feel good and perform our best. So we are so excited to introduce this membership program for you guys. If you go over to realliferunnerstribe.com, you can get all the information there. It's a monthly membership. It's very low cost with all with the running plan and the recipes and the strength training. We hope that you're going to find really great value and become a part of our Real Life Runners Tribe over on the website. So check out realliferunnerstribe.com for more information. 